we are about to blow your mind with an award show so big. We call it the Hammies. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Being slouches. I am your host, Coach Dale Sanford. And I am Coach Bryant Funston. This episode is sponsored by Your Likes. Your Likes makes the content keep coming fresh and hot, like whizzing in your wetsuit on a cold water day. Still looking for a holiday gift for that special coach or podcast host? Give them your likes. It's better than a gift card and a great way to say, I didn't hate this content. Plus, your likes are all organic, cage-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, and 100% vegan, so you can feel good about giving them as a gift to even the most hard-to-shop-for podcast host (coughs) on your list. Give us your likes today. There you go. Well done. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about, we're going to go over some of the like biggest ups and downs of 21. 2021's kind of been 2020 on repeat, sort of. And uh, so we're going to go over the ups and downs of 2021, including some of the big achievements of both, you know, in both the pro ranks and also our uh, our athletes in general. Uh, I know we haven't done a ton of podcasting this year, and that is a goal of ours for 2022, which we'll do an episode on that as well. Um, but fear not, there will be more content coming. But uh, let's let's jump right into this on the uh, kind of global professional front here. Uh, let's let's talk about what. Yeah, I don't uh, think you've uh, I don't think you've hyped up this award show quite enough here. Well, we get the we get the hammies going on here. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we are about to blow your mind with an award show so big. We call it the Hammies. The Hammies. We will be distributing these tiny little baby hammers to very, very deserving athletes across the globe. If you happen to achieve the greatness of a baby hammer, you can come pick it up, Germantown, Tennessee. Come on. <laughs> they will not be shipped. <laughs> you can't <laughs> ship one of these. Come on. You can't ship a hammer. Uh, all right. All that said, we're about to run through some categories here and recipients of the 2021 Hammy Awards. Yeah. So uh, first first and foremost, we're, we're going to kind of jump into the, the global pr- professional ranks here. And, and so... Brian, what do you uh, what do you see as the like the pro race of the year? Well, you know, it was supposed to be one, but I had to put a few in there, so I got some options, and I'm I'm sticking on the road the road cycling. Well, if you break it into categories, we can give away as many of these things as you want. I mean, they're 3D printed, and so we can just keep keep them coming. Uh, Strada Bianchi was was epic this year. Uh, for those that watched it, amazing mixed surface race, one of my favorites, and Vanderpool 
showed he was the cream of the crop. I've got some stats from it, which is why this is included. Uh, for those of you who have any sort of semblance of, of power numbers, four hours and 45 minutes, over 100 miles, 186 kilometers, he averaged 318 watts, 4.2 watts per kilogram, which if you're not familiar with that, most people can't average 4.2 watts per kilogram for 20 minutes, and he did it for four hours and 45 yeah, unless you and set it, your weight to about 20 kgs at Zwift, it ain't happening. Yeah, 5,500 5, or 449 kilojoules of energy used. It's a lot of mini cokes. Peak, peak five minute right at 500 watts, one minute at 740. And uh, he finished it off with a blistering attack that no one else could stay with. So that's, that's number one uh, of my nominees. Um, and then I got to go to Wout Van Aert at the Tour de France. So something something sure. amazing about that was he won three stages in three totally different disciplines. He won the hardest climb uh, climbing stage, finishing on Ventoux or uh, with a win there. He won the time trial, and then on the final day he wins. Uh, on the Champs Elysees, so three totally different <laughs> disciplines, and he wins uh, three different stages there. Uh, Alaphilippe defending at the World Championships, riding away from everyone. Uh, that one pretty darn impressive. And Nielsen Palace for the USA. Uh, I thought he had a chance of winning the World Champs this year. And lastly, I got to toss uh, Mark Cavendish in there. So he ties. Uh, the overall Eddie Merckx record for number of stage wins at the Tour de France. So I guess, you know, Tour de France comes up a lot there. So maybe it's Tour de France. So what you're trying to say is not the race, but there were so several, many. several races. So many. Another, you, you broke this into a lot of categories, Brent. I did. I did. So congratulations. Uh, Here's your hammer. Okay. So I'm going with Tour de France. I got to go with the Tour de France. There was so okay. much happening there. Uh, yeah, that Tour de France takes it. Strada Bianchi, a close second. World champs third for me. Gotcha. Yeah, I would say on on my end, pretty much all like the races that happened in Saint George, Utah, were all pretty exciting this year. Uh, it's a pretty difficult course, um, but seeing uh, Lionel and and Sam Long kind of just running together in the last kind of you know, 10, five K five, 10 K in that race was pretty exciting. And then, uh, you know, Gustav just dropping the hammer on everybody, uh, later in the year. Um, but really like the, the race that like just sticks in my head is the Collins cup. Um, the, the heat with Taylor nib and she was going against Daniela reef, who is one of the best in the world. And she wasn't maybe feeling a hundred percent that day, but, um, you know, Taylor hasn't spent, she's a short course racer. She's only done, she had just finished her first 70.3. Like she had done the, like a bunch of other racing prior to, and she comes out on her, uh, one, she's a great swimmer, but she can't, she comes out on her road bike with clip on arrow bars and a disc wheel and puts like 14 minutes into the people that she's racing against. So that to me is a, a huge, huge race for the year and just kind of shows that, uh, she is, she's still so young. She's, she's 
kind of the future of USA uh, racing here. So, so put her on your radar for sure for 2022, huh? Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, you did that a lot faster than I did mine. I did. So there's a hammer for you for being yeah. very quick. Here's the hammer. <laughs> uh Oh, boom. Hammer, hammer is dropped. If you're listening on the podcast, sorry, you did not see <laughs> the hammer being dropped. Go find it live. So, uh, you know, with the best races of the year, we kind of have to kind of go the other way. So what uh, what would you say are your kind of biggest disappointments for uh, 2021? I'm going to have to go with Primoz Roglic has got to be on there. Uh, that dude <laughs> crashes out. Uh, if he could stay on his bike, he would be a great bike racer. And he still finished third in the uh, in the standings for the the world or UCI rankings or whatever. But he lost Paris-Nice after having a big lead there by crashing two times on the final stage. And I think most disappointing, going back to the Tour de France, uh, there was all this hype around you know him being one of the the big favorites, and he ends up wrecking I think thirty eight times in the first few days and is out of the Tour de France. So you're left with you know, a guy who I think could have made the overall race a lot more exciting um, being out. And so then it was uh, old, old Tade kind of had his free run at the uh, at the overall. And I got to throw Chris Froome in there only because people keep hyping him up. It's like, let the man <laughs> just let the man fade into oblivion. But he keeps uh, having all this pressure, pressure put on him. And man, that dude was getting dropped when sprinters were still in the group uh, at the tour. And then finally, he was in the caboose quite a bit. Finally, the man I mentioned in the uh, most impressive races of the year, him at the world or at the uh, at the Olympic mountain bike event, uh, Matthew Vanderpool decides to do the head first flip, landing on his back, and essentially has not been right since. So uh, he's he's gone. <laughs> he went south after after probably going to uh, receive one of the awards for the most impressive athletes of the year, uh, if it have ended, um, you know, at the, at the tour de France, I might've given it to him, but that was a very big disappointment. Him, him wrecking early in the Olympic mountain bike event. Yeah. Number one, number one goes to Primos. (laughs) He has been a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, I think he got his feelings hurt uh, with the after the uh, the tour with Tadej taking it out of him on the last day. He's uh, his confidence is a little down. Oh yeah, back in twenty. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Ever since then, he's had some good results, but he, it's sure always like it's, like, it's he, like glimmers. Is he or he <laughs> way in? Is he or is he not a robot? I think he might be. Slightly he could, robotic. He could be. Yeah. Who do you got, Dale? Who yeah, do you I mean, have? Biggest disappointment trophy for 2021. I don't say like I'm necessarily disappointed in any of these athletes per se, and just disappointed because I I thought they could do better on that day. Uh, you know, Christian Blumenfeld in the in the 70.3 World Championships, I really thought he was gonna uh, you know kind of own it and and then be able to say that he won the olympics 
the WTS Grand Final, the 70.3 World Championships, you know, like all these achievements in one year. And he's coming up here again on another uh, category. But, um, yeah, I was a little disappointed that he couldn't pull it off on that day. Um, you know, the same goes for, you know, Lionel. I really, I, I, you know, enjoy listening to Lionel talk about his training and stuff like that. And he's just had a few where nutrition bit him in the butt and he, he was rolling really well, but you know, and then, it, and then it wasn't. <laughs> so those are always kind of disappointing to see. Uh, but my big, my big disappointment for, uh, 2021 is that joker scott morris uh who started usa crits and the uh the poor the poor light that he has put on american crit racing right now uh with his shenanigans uh because he likes little kids so uh that to me big huge uh you know scar on on american cycling right now but yeah, there are, Chris was one of the most exciting things happening last yeah. year, and now you've got you know Legion and and others who and races. Uh, I believe Tulsa Tough, Boise, like quite a few of the races that were part of that USA Crit series uh, have now pulled out of that. And if you want to read more about it, you feel free to do so. Uh, you can make your own judgment call on all that. But yeah, definite bummer because that was the most exciting thing happening. Uh, yeah. I thought was the USA crits yeah. in the U S scene. It is. just, it's, you know, again, read, read it up for yourself, but, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of truth or untruth, the fact that it's brought up and people are now fleeing USA crits because of it. Um, you know, and I think there's enough going on in American cycling right now that it's going to, we'll pull out of it and, and, you know, there'll be some great organizations that come up and some great things come, coming on in American crit racing. But this was a bit of a setback. Michelle. All right. So um, we're going to go on to what we believe to be some of the most kind of like shocking moments in the pro global uh, world this year. And I think on this one, we actually did one each as opposed to like 58. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Lead it off, Dale. What do you got? Yeah. So I was talking about Blumenfeld. I mean, I've been, I've loved watching Blumenfeld race for years. He's just, uh, the man can suffer like no other. Um, and he just goes after it. Um, so just watching him like, dominate in so many different distances like i said before olympic champion wtcs grand final champion um wins clash daytona and then goes on and wins ironman cosmel breaking the ironman world record by six minutes in his first attempt at ironman distance so pretty uh pretty impressively shocking uh results this year for blumenfeld yeah, that's that's ridiculous. There, I'm gonna and, go with. Go ahead. Sorry, and then now you know he's he's been touting this sub seven project, where he's there. You know he's gonna try to break seven hours for a full Ironman. Where what do you think? What are, what are the odds you're putting on that? He's got to take 21 minutes off 
off of a full distance, which I mean, it can be, I think it can be done eventually. But when you look at like, when, like, if you look at the battle Royale this year with, with Jan Fredino and, and Lionel Sanders, they had probably the most ideal, it was a little cold, but they had the most ideal course they could have had for speed. I'd like to see what Blumenfeld can do on that course. Because yeah. it, it was pretty much set up to, like, you don't have to slow down, like, very straight lines on everything. Like, it was set up for speed. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see Jan and Blumenfeld go at it in a, in a battle royale. That's what Dale's excited about in 2022. Tune in next time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, as far as most shocking uh, title of 2021, it's got to go to the new Hoffen town. Anna Kaisenhofer. If you're saying who is that, a lot of people were. So she at the Olympics, the Olympic road race, Anna Kaisenhofer takes the win. Uh, only a slightly before the top female cyclist of 2020-21, Annemiek van Vluten, uh, celebrates coming across the line in second place. So no radios were allowed at the Olympic road race. They didn't realize, the pack didn't realize that there was still someone off the front. And uh, so Anna Kaisenhofer essentially sneaks in for the road race Olympic gold medal, largely because the uh, group behind thought that they were the ones racing for the win as opposed to there being someone up the road. So pays to be race aware, but that was also yeah. the... Uh, you know, it was almost like it definitely uh, Van Vluten's race to lose. And sure enough, she made it happen. Yeah, for sure. And and while we're on the Olympics, uh, I think uh, another shocking moment that is worth mentioning is the whole boat restart of the men's uh, triathlon. They they had the this, uh, if you didn't see it, uh, a like a camera boat was like going in front of the start line. And they like did the initial... Uh, they basically sent them off with the boat in the way. And so like half, half of the people got off clean and everyone else was like jumping in, trying not to jump into the motor of this boat and like, go. so they had to like restart it. And like some of these guys were a hundred meters into the swim already. And that is like the hardest hundred meters of the whole swim. Heart so, rates pegged. Oh yeah. So they, <laughs> they had to get them all back on the, the pier and, you know, and restart the whole race. So I'm sure it set some people on the back foot, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the start, just the start of the race and being able to like do that effort again immediately. Mm -hmm. Mental adversity training. So we yeah. talk about help all the time. All For right, sure. moving on. All right. So we're, we're moving on to, um, an award for the, kind of standout athlete of the year. So somebody who maybe had a breakout season or, you know, something like that. Somebody that just really kind of stood out in your mind as far as, you know, and, and not necessarily the people who were winning world championships or national championships or whatever. Um, so what you got, Funson? Uh, I've got one for the, for the male and one for the females. I'm going with Wout Van Aert on the male side. And he was winning lots of things. I've already mentioned him earlier. Um, I, I likely would have gone. There was a good chance I probably would have gone with Vanderpoel uh, 
except for the fact that he flopped the back half of the year. So I think he he had the advantage going into it, but Wout Van Aert just he just stayed strong the entire season. If you've been watching any cyclocross right now, we're still in 2021. Uh, he essentially going against a bunch of cyclocross only specialists. He's come he's coming to the cross scene and he's won handily. Uh, the last three races he's done. So overall, across all genres, uh, Wout Van Aert's the man right now uh, of 2021. On the women's side, the person I mentioned getting second at the Olympics after winning the uh, time trial, Annemiek Van Vluten. Uh, she she had a resounding victory as far as uh, the UCI uh, points. I mean, she almost... She she put almost doubled up second place. Um, she she won on all types of courses. Just an amazing cyclist. So she she takes it for the women's side of things. Gotcha. Well, I'll I'll lead off with the ladies. Uh, so in in triathlon, I mean, I, if you're looking at um, people who had uh, kind of really good seasons, I mean, Lucy Charles Barclay had a great season. She's ranked number one in the world right now according to the PTO. Um, she did well at multiple distances. Um, but I would, I would still say that, uh, Georgia Taylor Brown had kind of, uh, a really, really consistent, like some really great results did really well in super league. And so she, in my, my opinion, she was kind of the female kind of breakout this year, uh, on the male side, totally biased here. Uh, our buddy, Seth Ryder, uh, in our opinion, had one hell of a season. Um, he was <clears throat> had great races, very consistent racing across the ITU uh, circuit. Uh, he was the highest. He's he's the highest ranked uh, male in U.S. history at the WTCS standings. Um, he got a gold medal in mixed relay. Uh, he won the bike jersey in Super League this year. And he got into Super League last minute, which was awesome. Um, but he really showed that he can stand, you know, and race with the the best of the best, the fastest in the world. Uh, and he's still super young. Um, and then he kind of finished up the season with a fourth place at Xterra World Championships. So pretty pretty awesome season. Uh, and like I said, he's. Uh, he's worked really, really, really hard over the years and is going to continue to do it. And again, he's still so young that he's got years to, to improve. So watch out for Seth Ryder. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. And, uh, if you have not watched any of that super league stuff, I highly encourage you go back and check some of those out. That was one of my Uh, biggest disappointments of the year is that the super league season was so short, man, that's such an exciting format of racing. It's it almost is. like the crit, the crit racing of uh, of the triathlon world. That was super cool. Um, I will also say you're. I think you're a little biased on on Georgia Taylor Brown too, since you're from Georgia. GTB. She's from the UK, so there's no <laughs> there. So is. So, so there's no. Uh, oh oh yeah. oh! I it was just the name Georgia. Okay, gotcha. Nope. Gotcha. All right, so we're gonna switch gears now. We're gonna go. We're we're taking it. We're gonna go a little more local, a little more personal here. Um, so we're talking about best local events 
for us, for, for the, the events that our athletes, uh, you know, did. So, you know, our, our top nominees here are the Ironman 70.3 Memphis. We've got the Outdoors Inc. Grit and Grind Gravel Grinder. Mm. Memphis May Triathlon. Mm. Tiger Lane Crit Series and Spur of the Moment State Championship Race. <laughs> uh, the Walking Tall 50K and 25K. And then also, obviously, the St. Jude Marathon. So these are our, our big uh, races of the year. Funston, what do you think? What do you, what do you think takes the cake here? Man, takes, best, takes the hammy. Best local event, you know. I'm gonna have to get rid of the Tiger Lane event just because uh, we were promoters of it. So giving yourself an award, I feel like is kind of bush league. So I'm gonna I'm gonna strike that one. Although I will say, there were so many preems available <laughs> yeah. for that race that some of the races were receiving a preem each lap to the point where they're like, we yeah. can't make people sprint for every lap. Can we, if you don't know what a preem is, you um, get a preem and you get a preem. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're on Oprah. Yeah. Everyone's getting preems. Uh, so that one's gone. Uh, gosh, after that, uh, I've got to, I've got to go between, I mean, 70.3 really tough to, to vote against that one. We could have had better weather. That would have been good. Could have um, had better weather. There was there was a parking issue. There was a parking fiasco. Which which is being worked on as we speak. But Solutions. it gave the Jeep Club of Memphis something to do that morning to oh. tow people out. Uh St. Jude Marathon, mainstay, awesome. Uh Derek Morgan winning it was pretty darn awesome uh, yep. in the marathon. Um, but I, I, you know, I got to go with Walking Tall. Obviously, it's one of the the most awesome ultras around, and the amount of work that they put into that and and what it benefits is huge as well. Yeah. But I think I got to give it to the seventy point three. Uh, first time happening, great uh, turnout. The turnout was amazing. The spectators were amazing. Um, I feel like, you know, that's something that is an awesome highlight to the town. And so I'm, I'm giving it to, to 70.3 personally. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, without trying to be biased uh, on, you know, the event, um, you know, it was a good event. There's some things that uh, need to be changed. We've already met with the race director there on, on some things that can improve and how to improve them. And, uh, they're going to do that stuff. So the race is going to keep getting better. Um, and all of these other races are, are just mainstays in our town. And maybe we take them for granted because we're just used to supporting them and doing them every year. Yeah. Um, but the, the amount of like pure passion that Brian and Sean put into walking tall, I, I have to give it to them because th- the race... Yeah has just grown from nothing and they make nothing on it. They give all the money to the park. The park has grown and um, expanded because of it. So I would definitely, I would definitely give it to those guys for sure. Yep. Yeah. The, my only exclusion uh, uh, for that was just that it's an hour 15 out of town. <laughs> <Still local. laughs> no, I totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. They uh, they do an awesome 
an awesome job with that event. And it's, we were disappointed we weren't able to be there last year with other stuff happening uh, out of town, but a great, great event. And, uh, and if you don't know Mr. Scruggs, some great pictures from that event too. Check them out. <laughs> all right. So we have, you know, we have athletes that race all over the world realistically and, um, some go to really big races as in like world championship, that sort of thing. Some go to really big races, meaning like high attendance, something like that. Uh, so what, uh, what are your big nominees for, uh, the biggest race attended by athletes or athletes this year? Man, uh, biggest race attended by BPC coached athletes. Uh, we got, I mean, the 70.3 worlds, obviously anything yeah. with world attached to it, uh, yeah. is, yeah. is, is a big one. Um, we've got the grand Fondo nationals that happened, uh, that we had, we had athletes go to. That was, that was obviously a big one. Um, we had some national championships that people attended. Uh, Mr. Philip Young doing uh, the Aquabike World Championships in Hamsterdam. Is that Hamsterdam? Hamster? Did you say hamster? <laughs> I think that's how they said. Is it? Is it like a mm -hmm. town town full of hamsters? Or I, I, I believe so. I, I we might have to DQ it. What exactly is Aquabike? Um, I think it's riding a bike in a pool. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think that's, a, I don't think that qualifies as a sport. <laughs> All right, Phil, you're out. Uh, Phil, you're calling. Uh, big Sugar. That was another big one. Lifetime puts on some massive events. First time race sold out in two minutes when they opened registration. We had quite a few athletes there. Uh, I mean, so I got to say, those have got to be some of our nominees there, right? That Yeah. I mean, I think the USA Triathlon Nationals this year had five or 6,000 people there. So, it you know, it depends on what you want to classify as big, as size or, or um, you know, prestige, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess we get to just decide. That's right. It's our show. <laughs> this is kind of a loose category. This is <laughs> open to we interpretation. We should have broken this up. Yeah. As far as numbers go, though, like a number of people in a race, obviously Memphis 70.3 was the, the largest. We had 43 people do that race. Um, you know, as far as, um, you know, prestige, what would you say? I mean, um, I mean, world championships are usually pretty prestigious. So we had three people at 70.3 Worlds in St. George this year. Um I'm going to have to go with it on the prestige factor. Yeah. I mean, that's, it doesn't get bigger than worlds. So yeah. you know, anytime you make it to a world event um, and Philip Young, Aquabike world, I know we DQ'd him for riding <laughs> him a pool, but uh, making, making it onto the podium there. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a massive, as far as like a, a big race, uh, and he found his way all the way to uh, to Europe to do that one. So, I I might have to give it to to that one to Aqua Bike World Championship. There you go, Phil. Give it to you, Phil. Here's your hammy. Come get it. 
All right. All so, right. Next um, category. Yeah. So we're talking about. Um, so every year there are, you know, people jump into like races that are epic, or you know, um, you know, they just really let it all out there to the point where you're just toasted by the end. Um, and you know, we like to celebrate those types of achievements, both the epic and the, uh, the difficult, I would say. Um, so what do you, what would you say some of your, um, athletes kind of letting it all out there? Oh yeah. We got, I got quite a few nominees here. I got quite a few. So everyone go grab a cup of coffee, Buckle up. pause, go grab yourself a cup of coffee. I got Lee Rustin, uh, actually throughout the world or throughout the world. Throughout the uh, season, Lee was was burning it up from start to finish. Um, Grand Fondo Nationals in Asheville probably had to have been one of those. Ended on a on a super hard climb um, after, and this was in what July, late July. She'd been racing for for <laughs> the whole year already. Um, and you can see the picture right now. Grand Fondo. This was the the race that that qualified her, um, to go do the, the world championships, but, uh, Lee Rustin start to finish, uh, was, was leaving it out on the road. I've got Lou Cooper did over 30 races, uh, uh, state crit win cat three upgrade. He did the rule of three, like every discipline you can imagine. He did, he did gravel worlds. He did the rule of three over in Arkansas, um, a lot of road events, a lot of crits, Tulsa tough. He was all over the place. Tony Gambrell, uh, his first Ironman, Ironman, Indiana, uh, going sub, uh, 11 there, uh, which was awesome for his first event. You know, anytime you're doing something for over 10 hours, pretty darn impressive. And you got to leave it out there. Tommy Clark doing the K2N, which is in South Africa. Kilimanjaro to Natrone. I think I said that right. His bike was lost. He had to do it on a like a flat pedal bike the first couple's. Uh, he missed the first stage, but he actually went back after it was over. So he was on a used bike, got his bike finally in. He went back and did uh, one of the stages for it to be official. Um, epic there, you know, multi-day stage race. Elijah Pugh. 12 hours, 9 minutes, 17 seconds on his bike trainer, Zwifting to 210 miles just because he heard some people talking about how that was not possible. That's, that's <laughs> leaving it out there. Uh, Hart Robinson, unbound 200, back-to-back -back years. Uh, anytime, again, you're over 10 hours on a, on a bicycle very much leaving it out there performance and scott newberry state crit uh cat two victory taking home a jersey super hard super hot day and uh i know i was very proud of that performance for him as well so those are my nominees of my athletes yeah i had uh yeah oh, wait, one more sorry oh, one cool. more i missed sally landham grand veduta stage race Three-day back-to-back uh, trail event. Um, plenty of climbing in that stage race as well. Uh, she she put in a lot of work to get there, so that was a great performance also. Awesome. 
yeah, we had, I mean, it's, it's tough to like really pick and choose here. Um, but we had, uh, Bobby weekly go and do unbound. He had like five flats and, and managed to work through them all and, uh, and still finish with a respectable time. Um, Meg Hall. So, I mean, just in a matter of a season, uh, Meg did Murder Mile over in Middle Tennessee, which is a backyard ultra where they, uh, you know, you basically just do a lap every amount. It's a specific amount of time, a specific distance, and you have X amount of time to make it to the start line for the next lap. So she did Murder Mile, did pretty well there, uh, did the, uh, the Memphis 70.3, ended up getting a, a spot to the World Championships next year. And then went and did the Pinhoti uh, 100, and that's in uh, like the Chiha area of Alabama, and uh, did very well there. So um, she pretty much laid it out there all season, pretty much all season. Yep. Uh, Ryan Carmichael finishes first Ironman in Lake Placid, which is one of is my favorite course on the entire North American circuit. Um, yeah, I mean. There are a ton more. I'd be here a while. I mean, um, I could I could go into uh, plenty of, of big races, but those are kind of the ones that immediately stand out in my head as far as uh, leaving it all out there. But the winner is <laughs> Chris Watts. <laughs> You're puking in the trash can after the Memphis Matriathlon. He made the podium, but... Uh, his body took it out on him after he was uh, done. Photo credit going to our boy Daniel Scruggs once again. He always seems always to be- there to capture the best finish line moments. <laughs> the big yeah. key: if if uh, if Scruggs is in an event, you better you better be minding your p's and q's after the after the event because he will capture it and you will get blasted on an award show. <laughs> Chris, come pick up your baby hammer in German mm-hmm. Tennis. <laughs> All right, so a couple more categories real quick. Most podiums, male athlete. Brian, what you got? Uh, I got Luke Hooper for my for my folks. Luke Hooper was seven. There he is, Hooper at the state crit, looking all sharp. Uh, he also had the most podiums with the longest hair until he switched jobs. Uh, he had that mustache <laughs> and that long hair just going. And he would have had more podiums if at uh, you know, Tulsa Tough, he was on such good fitness. Uh, and as can happen when you feel really strong, it's very easy to do too much work. Um, but yeah, Luke Luke was seven, was, uh, was the winner on my side. There you go. How about, uh, okay, so my, my male, uh, most podiums, Jordan Green. Jordan Green, Morgantown, Kentucky. Uh, there we go, Jordan. EMJ. Uh, I mean, I could count him up, but he pretty much podiumed in every race he did. So, um, Well, you can't. And, and, and he loves to race. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and on the ladies' side, female most podiums goes to – doing my own drum roll – Lee Rustin with 19 – 19 podiums. She should have done two more and then it would have been 21 in, in 21. Ooh. But 19 podiums. That's a ton. That's There's a lot of people who do 19 races, 
let alone get exactly. 19 points. So she was killing it all year long. Had an amazing season. So who you got? Yeah, on my end, I get uh, Meg Hall again. Uh, had, you know, several great races, podiumed in the majority of them. Um, and we could also throw Coach Heather in there. Coach Heather, um, you know, pretty much every race she did, she uh, ended up uh, an age group or an overall podium. So, uh, yeah, solid. All right, so it sounds like you need two hammers for them. Two hammers. Okay. Uh, Carmichael, we might need you to 3D print some more hammers for us, please. <laughs> All right, so now to the uh, none of the fun ones here. Best cheering section as an individual. Mmm, the nominees are... We have Jeffrey Sass, a.k.a. Elvis... I mean, that's a tough one to beat, honestly. That, that is. For for the amount of uh, races you see him at, he's not like a one-hit wonder. You know, you get a lot of, like the Macarena, one-hit wonder. Elvis, yeah. not a one-hit wonder. That guy just dropping hits. And he's been doing year it for years. Year, year after year after year. All right, second, uh, we've got Francisco Aratore. At the, at the St. Jude Marathon disco man here. Uh, <laughs> so if you're, and, if you're not, if you're not seeing this uh, on video and you're just listening on the podcast, you are missing out. Yeah. He's got a, he's, he's full on disco garb, bell bottoms. And uh, he's got the Elvis glasses on. Looks like. And uh, yeah. Afro. <clears throat> I gotta kind of give it to the to the runner there as well. <laughs> the the thing to note on uh, on Francisco is that after this uh, race, um, he got really sick. <laughs> he he was like like down for days after this race. He just wore himself out cheering, man. That it happens, man. When you go deep like that, we should toss him in there for the left it all out there late entry. <laughs> He did. <laughs> Double nominee. All Who right. else we got, Sanford? Oh, well, you're not going to be upset about this one, Bryant. We got Coach B-Fun for his, his <laughs> free-to-anyone encouragement and high fives, including butt slaps at the Ironman 70.3 Memphis. Tooting my own horn right there. Yeah, you know, after a after a long hard season of, of racing and coaching myself, kind of let the old hair down on uh, on that day. Ended up with blisters on my feet from running in my flip flops. It was pouring rain. It was, and all you had were slides on. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I may have had uh, an adult beverage or two that day. Possibly. Possibly. All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the award. To our buddy Jeff Sass. Oh yeah, it's gotta happen. I, I, I'm, you know, the the other, you know, Francisco and yeah, Brian, uh, you know, you were out there, but <laughs> but Jeff is out there time after time after time. The man can sing, the man can cook. Uh, he's he's the real deal. He's uh he he is he's the mainstay. He's the one that all folks in the best cheering section as an individual should aspire to become. 
That's right. And I, I predict we might see old Sass back on the uh, on the podium for this award next year. It's possible. And uh, if you were at the Memphis 70.3, uh, you would notice that he did the entire race in his Elvis uh, garb. Yep, that, that suit will never be the same. No, no bloody nipples <laughs> and all. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're coming down to what? Our last, are we on our last award? Um, yeah, this is the last award. This is the the best cheering section as a group. As a group. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, you know, first we're going to have to go with, you know, it's just, you know, a little biased, but the, uh, the inflatable crew at the uh, Memphis Uh 70.3, we had, uh, T-Rex, we had the chicken, we had the person riding the chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one hell of a tailgate in the in that corner during the race. Um, uh, that was the place to be. That was it. We got Coach B Fun uh, handing up uh, brewskis to to fellow uh, athletes. You know, when your when your race isn't maybe going super terrific, a beer hand up can change the day for you. That's true. And then. Uh, we, you know, the uh, from what I heard, this was uh, I wasn't there, but the the Memphis Thunder had uh, a heck of a cheering uh, cheering section at the aid station at St Jude Marathon, which included Mister Elatore. So he was part of that. Although, as you can see in the picture, he was kind of on his own. For, he gone rogue for, for a large part of that. He was just caught up in the excitement of the whole thing. That's right. Hey, I know how it goes, Francisco. I know how it goes. And then the last nominees are the Haydens at the uh, top of the fire tower with fireball shots at Walking Tall 50K. Yeah. I mean, this is how many years in a row for them. They you know, are... we, we've got to kind of think about longevity here in the cheering game. I, I know Thunder, uh, they come out and, and represent often. And I know the, the rumor has it the Haydens started kind of as a joke, right? It started the first year as a joke, just to see who would uh, who would take it. And Connor was taking some pictures uh, at the top of the fire tower, and then uh, people were just like, "I'm not coming back unless those people are <laughs> up at the top of that fire tower." Yep. Yep. So I think it goes without saying, the hammy goes to the Haydens, and we're a little biased because they're two of our athletes. Uh, that's true. Shouldn't, shouldn't have put that in there. Oh, sorry. Just can we cut that up? Yeah. <laughs> Hayden's pick up your baby hammers in Germantown, Tennessee. Yeah. So that's that's kind of uh, that's all we have for the hammies this year. What we would appreciate is if you would give us some more categories for next mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. shoot us an email to coach or couch at buildpeakcompete.com and give us uh, give us your ideas on on categories. We're going to we want to expand this this amazing award show that we have produced here today. Um, but the it, it all goes without saying 2021's kind of been uh, weird again, up and down. Um, you know, it's kind of been the story of of a lot of people's races still kind of not knowing whether things are going to happen or not and then all of a sudden they are and you get 
tons and tons of races in the last half of the year. Um, but it's looking up, uh, and it looks like things are going to go much more back to normal to have like a full normal season next year. So we're excited about that. We're going to be kind of talking about what we're excited about on the next episode. Um, but obviously we want to thank all of our athletes, um, who have, you know, continued to train and race through this like really, really weird time. Um, so thanks to everyone. What else you got, Funson? No, I mean, I think, I think you nailed it. Uh, it's been a, it was great to kind of get racing back going. It was a compressed year for, for a lot of, um, folks, especially like in the road cycling world. I mean, having Perry Roubaix in October. Um, so I, I think one thing we've learned is people adapt, uh, and you, you make the most out of what you're given. So, uh, our athletes did that. It was great to see so much racing happening. It was great to see people out there competing, training, um, pushing themselves. And, you know, I hope, I hope in 2022, it's looking like, uh, we'll see a lot more of that and I'm excited about it. Absolutely. And congratulations to everyone who has uh, won a hammy. Again, you can pick it up. In are you uh, are you are you putting each one on a on a necklace chain like you got there? Oh, I can. I can. Or, uh... I can definitely do that. If you would yeah. rather a a worn hammy, just let me know. <laughs> if you're actually going to come get it, <laughs> only if you're going to come get it. Uh... Good stuff. Well, we'll be back uh, with the 2022, what we're looking forward to. And we plan to be like Coach Dale mentioned at the at the start, we plan to be much more consistent. So if you have topics, please shoot topics to us. Uh, anything you want us to discuss, we're happy to dive deeper into that. We plan on having more gear reviews coming in 2022. So everything's everything's looking up on our end and we're excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate everybody uh, hanging out, listening, watching. We'll catch you guys next time. And don't be afraid to give us your likes.